Welcome everyone to Jimmy and Neil Have Problems. Today we are talking about the problem that there is a limited non-alcoholic drink selection. Now I'm a foodie um, with a very low tolerance for alcohol. I'm a lightweight foodie. I love fun drinks though as I call them. Everyone around me knows when I say fun drink what that means. Basically it's just an interesting drink uh, that tastes a little different than something at the dorm. I love going to Sprouts to get them. Trader Joe's has some fun ones. La da da. What I found though is that there are really interesting alcoholic drinks and a much less interesting comparative selection of non-alcoholic drinks, right? The, the, you know, if you go to a bar, there's no end to the number of alcoholic drinks you can get. But everyone serves basically the same set of non-alcoholic drinks. You know, it's Coke or Pepsi. That's it, right? And, you know, if you go to a Whole Foods or something like that, you can get some fun, you know, kombuchas or stuff like that. But really, it's pretty limited and it's unfortunate. Um, so... Neil, that's kind of my background on the problem. What are the levers you're seeing here? Mm -hmm. Yeah, I think it's uh, a little bit of two two main levers, the ease of making and then sort of the effects of alcohol, um, both the actual effects of alcohol and the cultural effects of alcohol. So could you dig more into those? Those are separate from what I was thinking about, so I'm mm. curious what you're thinking is there. Yeah, I mean, ease of making... It's, you know, anyone can make their own alcoholic beverage. Um, mm -hmm. th this past summer, I made dandelion wine, and it's just not that hard. Um, mm -hmm. And you can, there's lots of, the, the fermentation process has a, a tendency to mellow things out. So you can choose random things and, and throw them in, um, and you get an yep. interesting output. Uh, whereas... As far as I know, it's not the same, you know, level of ease for sodas or other drinks. Um, yeah, it's that's interesting. It's harder to make a good non-alcoholic drink mm -hmm. with interesting, strange ingredients. Like that's interesting. You have kind of a wider array of selection when it comes to alcoholic drinks because the effects are more muted. Mm -hmm. Yeah, yeah. I mean, the the process mellows things out and. You know, mutes mute some things. You know, like you know, Johnny Appleseed, I believe, was just throwing apple seeds around um, for cider, um, and, and not that those apples were edible. Um, but yeah, through the fermentation true. process, it became palatable. Yes, and that's an interesting point. I hadn't thought about it that way because, for example. You know, I'm trying to think of it like cinnamon. Cinnamon is hard to add into a non-alcoholic drink um, or notes of like, you, there's just notes that you can't really add to a non-alcoholic drink. Like how do you get um, a cask, you know, like a wooden cask, oak mm -hmm. versus, you know, whatever it is. Those those add little subtleties that you can't really replicate, at least that I know of. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and then so much of our, our non-alcoholic drink selection is so fake and processed mm -hmm. you know it, it's all so sweet and how do you compete with that without just you know one-upping it um which there isn't that same you know level um yeah and, and then that sort of leads into the effects um you know one is just the the physiological effect of alcohol on the human body um i think we all sort of understand you know, what, what that is and, and, you know, to some extent why that's desirable. Um, mm -hmm. but then also 
there's sort of this cultural expectation. You know, if you show up to a, a gathering with, you know, a, a six pack of craft beer, that's cooler than if you show up with craft soda. Yeah, yeah. And I think, yeah, you're right. So there's investment here because it's it's like kind of a feedback loop or a flywheel, right? Mm-hmm. Alcohol is something we enjoy. It's something that has cultural status value. Thus, like there's more and more investment in alcohol. Yep. You don't really see... The, the the craft soda movement is pathetic compared to the craft beer movement, mm-hmm. you know, and I would love to see, you know, a craft, you know, non-alcoholic drink movement. There's not really, I mean, kombucha has a little bit going for it, mm-hmm. um, but that's probably the bright spot, to be honest, for me. Yep. I, there's a couple other bright spots. I'm trying to, I don't remember them off the top of my head and I'll, I'll dig them up and put them in the show notes, but there's some interesting um, li- liquors that are non-alcoholic. They've mm. figured out how to pull the alcohol out. I've tried one of them. Well, it was actually quite good. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it's just a, a standard distillation. Um, so, so with our distilled spirits, we distill it and we take only the alcohol. Whereas if you just took only the remainder, that'd be oh, interesting. You know, removing your your liquor from your liquor. Um, yeah. Mm-hmm. I'm I'm curious. Um, so, about a couple miles away, there's a, a hike that I'll do, you know, at least once a week, and I drive past the Navajo Casino, um, mm-hmm. and the alcoholic beverages are not allowed to be sold on any reservation, um, mm-hmm. and they they have on their sign like Craft Navajo sodas and oh i'm curious what that is like is that yeah i don't know i haven't ventured into that casino um so i i don't know but yeah just curious where where we have this situation where um you know i think it's right for these where we have places where alcoholic beverages are not allowed to be sold um yeah well or for example in utah you know there's a big startup movement, and instead of the the office perk there is not craft beer, it's craft ice cream, right? Which is really mm. interesting. Like mm-hmm. these interesting constraints, and I think this kind of reminds me. You know, I think the prohibition took the wrong approach. I still, I think alcohol in general is way we heavily underestimate it in mm-hmm. terms of the societal cost of yep. it. And I think like the prohibition was right in saying this is a problem. I think they should have taken the impossible meat route right Mm. so impossible meat said you know eating lots of meat is a problem we're not going to try to ban meat we're going to try to make something as good as meat Mm -hmm. that people will choose over it and i think this is a really big lever societally that if we can decrease alcohol consumption and particularly binge drinking Mm -hmm. this can be a huge improvement in the quality of life for lots of people yeah i also think that uh we we are so we do have large non-alcoholic drink selection and that would be tea and coffee. Yeah. Right? We we overlook true. that as a bright spot because we don't ever really think of of replacing one with the other, but I think yes. there's a lot from the the Starbucks model um Ooh. And, and you know how how would that mm. apply to evening beverages 
That's very interesting because I think Starbucks in a lot of ways competes with a bar. It's a morning bar, right? You take, you know, I think a lot of times I would go get a drink with someone. But if I'm doing it in the morning, that becomes going to Starbucks, mm-hmm. right? Yeah. Like that, I think Starbucks competes a little bit with bars, probably. Not directly as much as we might think, but more than, you know, I realized. Yeah. Yeah. Interesting. So some of the solutions we have are, are drinks that mimic alcohols, um, copying, you know, some of these bright spots that we see, you know, whether it be craft Navajo soda or um, the approach that um, has taken root in Utah, which is to make fun ice cream, which we could say milkshakes, you know, like milkshakes is a non-alcoholic drink that maybe we can get together around mm-hmm. at night. Um, I really like water enhancements. I think they come with some drawbacks because a lot of them use artificial sweeteners, which have uh, been shown to cause a lot of problems. Mm-hmm. But I think it's a bright spot at the least. Like I, I like it, you know, it gives me a little taste. A lot of times when I want alcohol, I want a unique flavor, mm-hmm. you know, and a water enhancement does that to some extent. Yeah. Yeah. I wonder, um, you know, if what would happen if there was like a, a kit, some some way to mellow these these flavors um, in a mm. non-fermentation reaction, um, you know, where it's like, oh, yeah. I could go pick my, my June berries. And you know, yeah, <laughs> boil and distill, or, or like boil them down, or something, and then yeah, create my craft soda out of those. I I don't know. This reminds me of our tech, tech subscription boxes. What if we could give people a subscription box for this? I'm not sure. You know, I you know, in some ways, hmm, I guess yes. I am so keyed into, well, not, I am most keyed in because I don't really drink, well, no, I don't drink, um, I've had four drinks in my life, um, yep. but where I made dandelion wine, and then I have a, a foraging book, and I would just go through that and be like, oh, I have, I know where June berries are, and a lot of these, it's like, oh, you can make wine, Um yeah. You go down the list and it's like wine, 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 right? So that's sort of where I'm like, but but I think of like the craft beers and, and then you do just buy your, you know, hops or whatever. And you, yeah. you know, that's the, the like microbrewery, like, yeah, beer dad, um, what he does. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and could that be a, a like a subscription box uh, of, you know, making non-alcoholic versions and then you send them you know oh that yeah. here is here are these ingredients sort of like a, a hello fresh um but for a craft yeah. whatever i think it's a fun hobby too it's really involved it's engaging like i don't know i'd have to look at some of the comps like text like subscription boxes are a terrible business mm-hmm. Um, so maybe this is not the way to go, but maybe it's like, maybe it's a blog. Maybe we start this, maybe the alpha experiment is a blog where we say, look, we tried making non-alcoholic, like juniper wine, you know, and this is what happened. Right. And maybe that's kind of an interesting, have a really niche blog on this. Cause I, I didn't see that to be honest. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think that's a, that's a gap that's probably only going to grow. Yeah. Interesting. All right. So how does this drink taste? 
Um, actually, I think it it's kind of like um like my dandelion wine. I was surprised how okay it was, but it was still like there was fire in my nose. Mm-hmm. I'm getting. I don't know what's in this drink, right? And it's fuzzy. Like I have hints of it, mm-hmm. and I this needs some refinement. Yep. Somehow, mm-hmm. I think I would like to almost do just some like research. I think it'd be fun. The alpha experiment is as far as I can get to, which, which is a blog. Mm-hmm. Like I think I need to know more about this, and I'm honestly, my motivation is really high right mm-hmm. now. So we'll see where this lands because I think there's a quick speed to failure option here that. Uh, and I think the impact potential is huge. Mm-hmm. So I think this might be an alpha experiment that floats up. So we'll see. Yeah. All right. Thank you so much, folks, for joining us. Let us know if you have non-alcoholic drink ideas that you like um, or your experience with this. We'd love to hear from you. You can just hit us up. Our contact info is in the show notes. You can DM me on Twitter or shoot us an email. And then, of course, everything is linked in the show notes as well. You can just go to the blog entry for this idea and see all that we talked about and get ideas. So thank you so much for joining us.